Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. You're listening to Colorado Edition from KUNC. I'm Jocelyn Mesa Miranda. Thanks for joining us. It's Friday, December 9th. Proposition 122 was one of the ballot measures approved by voters last month. It decriminalizes the psychedelic substance psilocybin for personal use and mental health treatment. But as KUNC's Lucas Brady Woods reports, Coloradans won't see clinics offering psychedelics quite yet. Psilocybin is the psychoactive compound found in so-called magic mushrooms. It is now decriminalized in Colorado thanks to Proposition 122, which voters approved by a thin margin last month. That means people can legally possess psilocybin and grow the mushrooms it's extracted from. Prop 122 also allows for the use of the substance in mental health care and therapeutic settings. Some providers will be able to offer it as a treatment option. Kevin Matthews helped lead the effort to approve Prop 122. He says it gives Coloradans access to more tools for treating mental health issues. Psilocybin can be an incredibly effective therapeutic option for people to treat things like depression, anxiety, um, potentially PTSD, end-of-life distress. He says that's especially important with Colorado's already limited mental health resources. But for most people, it will take some time before accessing psilocybin is a reality. First, Governor Jared Polis will convene an advisory group this spring to develop regulations, licensing rules, and training programs for providers. Matthews hopes the first clinics offering psychedelics will be open in the fall of 2024. He also recognizes that people have safety concerns around these substances, and he understands why. We're working with, what, 50 years of, of prohibition and a lot of misinformation around around psychedelics, especially psilocybin. And so I think a lot of that, a lot of it comes down to to changing hearts and minds. He was also a leader behind the successful push to decriminalize psilocybin in Denver in 2019. Based on data that was collected over about two years, we know that in Denver, decriminalizing psilocybin did not create any significant public health or safety issues. Matthews also says Prop 122 makes it easier to further research psychedelics and educate people about them. Kevin Sabet leads the Foundation for Drug Policy Solutions. He opposed Proposition 122, but he also says there needs to be more research into psilocybin and other substances. There is some promising research being done around the country. That takes some time. So we need to we need to do a lot more research on it, and I don't think we should be rushing through it with a ballot initiative. Sabet is worried decriminalizing so-called magic mushrooms will lead people to sacrifice safety in order to make money. My other concern is that you have another for-profit industry whose business it is to increase intoxication and sales so that they can please shareholders rather than protect the public health. But Proposition 122 does not allow people to sell psilocybin. Unlike cannabis, there are no plans for commercial sales. Instead, people can use it with a professional or cultivate it themselves. Veronica Perez is a Denver-based psychedelic therapist. She says the measure is not about creating a new industry or making money. The reason for all of this is to allow people to have access to these medicines so that they can have a choice in how they're treating their mental health. Perez is also Native American. She says it's essential to acknowledge the relationship between psychedelics and indigenous people. It's very easy to get lost in a rulemaking process 
and forget, as has been done throughout history, about the indigenous people and their contribution. Proposition 122 hopes to counteract that. The ballot measure requires that the advisory board include Native American representation. We can create a model in which it is recognized, in which we are asking for indigenous reciprocity, remembering that there this is a sacred and cultural use and that this population did keep it sacred. Psychedelics have been part of human life around the world for thousands of years. Now Perez and other proponents hope there's an opportunity to honor sacred indigenous traditions and expand mental health care at the same time. For KUNC, I'm Lucas Brady-Woods. It's been nearly one year since the Marshall Fire destroyed more than 1,000 homes in Boulder County. But there's another group of affected homeowners. Their houses are still standing, yet they don't feel safe returning home. Graduate students at the University of Colorado Boulder have been talking to these families for months. This story is a collaboration between these students with the Center for Environmental Journalism, the Boulder Reporting Lab, and KUNC. Here's CU Boulder student Zen Iqbal with more. On a quiet street in Louisville, Justin Schrader's home stands out. It's bright yellow with purple trim. His three daughters chose the colors. We thought this would be the home we were in until <laughs> until we wheeled out or whatever. But, um, and that just all changed. Schrader is wearing an N95 mask inside his home. There's, let's see. All our stuff is bagged and ready to be disposed of. But It's all crammed into black garbage bags, stacked against the walls throughout the house. The Schraders haven't lived in this home for nearly a year. They're among at least dozens of people caught in a web of uncertainty in the wake of the Marshall Fire. Unless I had gone through this, I would never have realized how hard it is to be in this kind of limbo area. That's because unlike some of their neighbors who are rebuilding, the Schraders' home didn't burn down. Today, the home that was once an anchor for the Schraders is riddled with smoke damage. It poses too many health risks to move back in, especially for their immunocompromised daughter. Her condition causes severe sensitivity to chemicals and heavy metals. If something ever happened to our daughter down the road, we, we would never be able to forgive ourselves. And, and living with just that kind of in the back of our head for the next however long, 20, 30, 40 years or whatever, just didn't feel good to us. The smoke damage presents a problem for families like the Schraders. Cheryl Magsiman is an epidemiologist at Colorado State University. If children are already immunocompromised and they're kind of marshalling their immune systems to fight off the insults from smoke exposure, that may then render them kind of less able to fight off other types of infections. Meanwhile, roadblocks with insurance have prevented many families like the Schraders from remediating and disposing of the toxic items inside their homes. Sometimes that includes convincing insurance companies that a home is unlivable. That's hard to do when the damage isn't visible or quantifiable. Standing homeowners, we call them, right? There's something still standing. That's Amy Bach with United Policyholders. Her advocacy group is working with Marshall Fire homeowners to navigate insurance claims. She says this is a new frontier. There aren't a lot of established protocols for remediation of homes damaged, but not destroyed in a massive fire. What categories of professionals even have the competence to make an informed assessment? And then what categories of professionals can actually remediate, can actually restore your home? 
Um, and then how do you break log jams with the insurers? Problems with insurance claims could stem from the fact that there's not a lot of science on the potential hazards the Schraders face. Researchers like Yost Gao at the University of Colorado Boulder are trying to get answers. He and his team have been measuring air quality in homes affected by the Marshall Fire. What really happened is that on the day of the fire, these homes were engulfed in smoke, right? And unfortunately, what happens then is that a lot of materials in our homes, they sort of act like a sponge. That means toxins from the fire seep into painted services, furniture, and all kinds of other materials in the home. And then after the fire, the smoke is gone. But now all of these compounds are returned back to your indoor air. Degau found that dangerous toxins in the houses he measured were elevated immediately after the fire. A month later, the levels were normal. But particulate matter and metals lingered in the homes for much longer. Some people tossed their couches and clothing. Others may not have. But really the signs to, to show you that that's needed or not needed at all, it's not there. The problem is wildland urban fires like the Marshall Fire emit chemicals and substances because of contact with so many homes, appliances, and cars. The impact on human health is unclear. Some of the things that we've heard from residents, which makes a lot of sense, is that they'll get those smells returning periodically if they're from their home because there was such noxious gases that were released in this fire. Colleen Reed is a professor and researcher at the University of Colorado Boulder. She studies the toxins emitted from wildfires. But in this scenario, she's hesitant to say what's safe and what's not. That's one of the things that I'm struggling with with all of this is that it might be it might be safe, but then say down the road, like we all will get something, some illness at some point in time, and we'll be thinking in the back of our heads, oh, was it because of this? Still, some are holding out hope that with the proper measures, they can eventually return home. I miss my kitchen, and I'll have to restock all that. I had to get rid of everything plastic. So Karen Braverman is stepping onto the elevator in her apartment building in Boulder. She's been here since the Marshall Fire deposited piles of ash throughout her home. My son actually got to my house before me. He's like, Mom, the house is okay. You're going to be able to come in. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's amazing. But like others in her situation, Braverman soon learned her home wasn't okay. You know, I didn't realize how dangerous it was, but I saw how filthy it was. But now I know not only was it filthy, but it's carcinogenic char, soot, and ash. Braverman used a remediation company through her insurance. But when they were done, the levels of toxins in her home were virtually unchanged. So she found a different company and convinced her insurance to cover the second round. The process has been exhausting. You have to be your own advocate, and you have to go searching for this information. I mean, I've had to learn everything on my own, and it takes a lot of time and effort. And that's the only way I could even think about going back to my house. But on this day, Braverman could actually think about returning home. She had just gotten word the second remediation was a success. It's the only time I felt helpful in the last 11 months because I've just been in limbo and I just felt like I could never even go back there. Weeks later, though, Braverman is still in a back and forth with her insurance company. Her windows are saturated with toxins and she'll need her insurance to pay tens of thousands to replace them. She's unsure if they will. For KUNC, I'm Zen Iqbal. This story was also reported by graduate students Anthony Albedres, Ali Branscombe, Amber Ellis Carlson, Josh Couture, Helen Dreesen, Ellis Ertl, and KUNC investigative reporter Robin Vincent. It's a collaboration between University of Colorado Boulder's Center for Environmental Journalism, the Boulder Reporting Lab, and KUNC.
That's all for today on Colorado Edition. Thanks for listening. The Colorado Edition podcast is posted every Friday. Just hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app. If there's a story you'd like to hear, send us an email at coloradoedition at kunc.org. Our theme music is composed by Colorado musicians Brianna Harris and Johnny Burroughs. Other music in the show by Blue Dot Sessions. I'm Jocelyn Mesa Miranda.